Thank you for checking back in with us here at Mission Live. Good morning to you. Merry Christmas, all those good things. This is Advent season, and we are so grateful to have you joining us this morning uh, for another Mission Live. Well, here's the thing. We're talking about uh, why your community needs a homeless shelter, not just any homeless shelter, a gospel rescue mission. A few weeks back, I had a fun challenge uh, by a fella on Facebook. We were debating about the idea of the city council in Grants Pass and the mayor uh, purchasing our local Elks Lodge and turning it into a homeless shelter. After receiving a few pugnacious comments uh, from him that aren't even worth repeating, uh, he said, Please tell us the tax payments from the Gospel Rescue Mission. How much do you contribute to the tax base in the city of Grants Pass each year? Well, I responded, okay, so the mission doesn't pay property taxes. You know, we're a 501c3 and all, but it does pay payroll taxes on its 17-ish employees who all spend their earnings here in Grants Pass, but additionally... We've turned out an average of over 100 new hardworking taxpayers from our streets into our community every year that previously were not. This results in millions of new dollars injected into the economy of Grants Pass each year. And the best part is not our building, our program, our staff, our utilities, none of it was paid for by your taxes or mine. Now, if you don't support the mission, that's fine. I don't have the ability to take your money and spend it on things you disagree with, nor would I if I could. Plenty of people agree with what we do and see the benefit and voluntarily support the work we do. But if I don't agree with the city purchasing a building to house homeless people for which they have no experience running, well, that doesn't matter because they have a mechanism to take from everyone, regardless of if they agree or not, to do as they please. When people take your money against your will, it's theft. Well, fortunately, the citizens uh, the next couple of days, they turned out in grand fashion at the following city council meeting to compel our city council and our mayor to change course. All of this got me thinking. What would the real numbers of my argument conservatively look like? What is the actual impact in simple financial terms of a gospel rescue mission in a community? Is it a better investment than a government-run low-barrier project? Well, I'd like to share with you some of the easy measurements that I could find. The Grants Pass Gospel Rescue Mission was established in 1983. And although we haven't always operated with the same level of expectation from those who use our services, absolutely everyone who has stayed with us has benefited in some ways. We have seen thousands upon thousands of homeless individuals since we opened our doors, and there are countless success stories that are just simply lost to time. Fortunately, in mid-2016, we were able to make the switch from keeping paper records of our client history to keeping the data electronically. And this allowed us to truly assess and measure the work we do. 
Now, before I share my findings, let me acknowledge that my numbers are inaccurate, but only due to underestimation and intentionally rounding down for the sake of mathematical simplicity. So, for example, when trying to calculate how much a typical resident earns per year, I'm working with $24,000, which is about $900 shy or so of what they would earn if they only made $12 an hour. Granting that this is likely that all of our, our working residents probably earn more than $12 an hour and have done so for more than the last three years, it's still easier to calculate round consistent numbers. And math isn't my greatest skill set all the time. So in the end, I'm only using these calculations to illustrate a point about the financial value that a community receives from the effective efforts of a gospel rescue mission. And I'm not concerned with, uh, for the sake of argument, with the dollars that are left on the table. So in 2017, we had a very exciting year because for us, it was the first time that we could examine an entire year's worth of data. And we could look and compare what we thought we did with what we actually accomplished. And what we found was truly good news. For example, we had heard for years on the streets that we kick most of our residents out for smoking, even though we knew better. We really just didn't have the exact numbers. Well, what we discovered was that out of the 514 individuals that left the mission that year, only 36, which is about 7%, we're asked to leave the mission for tobacco use. Now, that's nothing compared to the 144, that's 35%, that left us that year with an income and a home. We knew we were heading in the right direction. Now, of course, we still needed to know if this was simply just a fantastic year or were our methods sustainable? Well, I'm talking to you in December of 2022, and we now have six years of data to compare. The one thing we have done is to look at our results and always look to improve. So as a result, even though we only had 142 men leave the mission in 2022, we have only lost two of them, 1% to tobacco use. That's the testimony of the, the efficacy of our tobacco cessation program and also to just the great guidance and counsel of our staff. Even more encouraging was learning that between 2017 and, 2000, and 2022, excuse me, we have steadily raised the number of our people who leave our program, the percentage, with an income and a home from one in every four to one in every three. We're already up to 34% of those who leave. So our calculation of tax generation really begins in 2017, where 144 individuals who were previously homeless have put in the hard work to acquire an income stream and a home, no longer needing the mission or any other charity to survive. At the mission, we call this independence. They have moved effectively from homelessness to homefulness. Not included in this calculation is the potential months or even years that they may have earned wages while they were staying with us, preparing for a successful departure. 
We are only beginning our financial calculations at the point of their departure from the mission and 144 multiplied by 24,000 a year equals $3,456,000 exclamation point. Let that sink in. Now, if that group of mission graduates continue to maintain their independence but never in, get a, earn a pay increase, I'll tell you, the, the latter is less likely than the former. Um, over the next six years, they will inject $20,736,000 into the economy of Grants Pass. This is just our 2017 graduates. The only idea more exciting than that is that the following group of mission graduates, 150 of them in 2018, will begin to add $3,600,000 each year more to this impressive number. Already, and regardless of the number of graduates each successive year, they will all be compounding their impressive efforts annually to help the prosperity of our community. Thus, at the end of our six-year survey, the 632 graduates of the Gospel Rescue Mission have added $61,272,000 into the tax base of the city of Grants Pass, all done without taking a single penny of government taxpayer subsidies. Now, here's a fun fact. In the, in the 2019 Blake versus the City of Grants Pass lawsuit, the number of homeless the judgment required the city to be able to house before they could prevent people from camping in the city parks was 602. In six years, we have decreased the number of homeless in the city by well over that, and we'll do it again in another six years. Additionally, if we had to permanently close our doors tomorrow, all of these people would continue to benefit this community. Not only that, but the changes we have helped produce will continue for generations as families and businesses grow here in Grants Pass. When you think about it, it's hard to see why the work of a gospel rescue mission, it's not hard, excuse me, to see why the work of a gospel rescue mission is so important and why every community should want one, and they really should. One last fact. 34% of those who leave homelessness to enter our program will leave with a sustainable income and a home. It's one in three. With a program this effective, why would anyone recommend something different unless they had something to gain from a different outcome? As Mother Teresa once said, Follow the money. There are players at every table of every how-do-we-solve-homelessness discussion in our community whose income is directly tied to the number of people served. People who are paid by the number tend to always find and count numbers. We at the Gospel Rescue Mission will, maintain, will remain and maintain our faithfulness for as long as there are homeless who wish to find a way out of their condition. And we are paid the same 
for hundreds or dozens so that those who actually benefit from the work we do are the homeless themselves and the community we serve. In doing this, we are reminded of God's word to the Israelites when they were in exile in Babylon. It said this, it said, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce, take wives and have sons and daughters, take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters, multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare you will find your welfare. Now it comes from Jeremiah 29 uh, verses 5 through 7. It is our job to relentlessly seek the welfare of our community. May God bless you for your support of the Gospel Rescue Mission.